May 3rd, 2022 was the 25th anniversary of me having the honour and the privilege of representing Ireland in the Eurovision Song Contest with Mysterious Woman. But it was many, many years before that the journey to Eurovision started. So let's go back to the beginning. I was born in Crossmalina, County Mayo, on the banks of Loch Conn, and it's there that my very first Eurovision memory comes to mind. I remember watching Tommy and Jimmy Swarbrick representing Ireland in the 1975 Eurovision Song Contest, and I was absolutely glued to it. I thought they were fantastic. And for those of you who are fans of Father Ted, remember my lovely horse? Well, watch the video of the Swarbriggs, that promotional video that RTE did at the time, and you'll see there are a lot of similarities. But it was 1975, that's what friends are for. And that is definitely my first Eurovision memory. I also remember Red Hurley performing When, and then the Swarbriggs did it again, and so many other songs. So when I think back, it was a regular event. It was something that I always watched and was always excited about. Even to this day, the music at the very beginning, the theme, it gives me the willies. But it's great. Then moving on to secondary school, I used to walk to school in the mornings. And I remember I used to meet this guy every morning, round about the same place as he was heading to work. He'd always have a leather jacket on him, a pair of jeans, and he'd be carrying his lunch. And I would be carrying my school gear for sports and a guitar. So every morning this guy said a big hello to me. And this went on for weeks, almost months. Eventually I was told his name was Sean Sherrod. And that came to my attention because he won a singing pubs competition in Cross Malina. A dear friend of mine uh, was the guy who encouraged him to get up on stage and to sing. And he sang, by all accounts, the most amazing version of The Mountains of Morn. He won the competition. Then he went on and did the Castlebar Song Contest where he met the late Shea Healy. And the rest, as they say, is history because he changed his name to Johnny Logan. And many, many years later, we've often chuckled and remembered and reminisced about meeting in the mornings. Little did any of us know. So that was a major coincidence from a Eurovision point of view. But then for many years... It kind of went out of my consciousness. I, I never really had the desire or the intention to enter the competition. So I went on, continued in the business, started doing gigs, me with a the guitar. Then we had a band. Uh, we used to perform in Dublin, in a couple of the big venues. And Louis Walsh used to do all of our bookings. So... Over a period of time, a record company got interested and they wanted to sign me and my publishing, but they were taking too long and I really didn't know what I was going to do because I wanted to speed them up and get on with my life. Then John Farry contacted me. Now, I had known who John Farry was. He was quite an accomplished songwriter, having written lots of songs for Daniel O'Donnell and Daniel O'Donnell was always a good friend of mine. So I had known who John Farry was, but it was Charlie McGettigan, yes, the Charlie McGettigan from Eurovision, that told him about me. Charlie and I had been friends for many, many years. In fact, in 1995, 495, we went to Nashville. We were brought there by EMRO, the Irish Music Rights Organization, with ASCAP as six writers in total. 
um, there was myself, Mick Handley, Jimmy McCarthy, Sinead Lohan, Eleanor McAvoy and Charlie McGettigan. And we had a wonderful time for the week. So Charlie and I were great buddies at this point. And when John Farry was going to record this new song that he'd written, Charlie McGettigan said, I know the guy to sing that. And it was me. So I got a call from Charlie and I also got a call from John. So we headed off to a studio. I remember it was in the wilds of Northern Ireland on a really bad winter's night. It was frightening. It was blowing an absolute hurricane. And we went to this guy's studio, just a small little studio in his house, and Charlie produced the song. And it was called European Woman. So I liked it. It suited my voice. But I didn't think anything about it after that. So it turns out it was entered into the Eurosong final in 1996 and nothing happened. So we all know in 1996, Emer Quinn won the Eurovision Song Contest with The Voice. So things started to heat up and towards the end of 96, we went back into the studio again and decided to do a different take on European Woman. And in, rather than having a full band on the track, it was just going to be Eddie Lynch on piano from Bundoran. So we went to Bundoran in Donegal and Eddie played some beautiful piano, but nice and sparse and kind of jazzy. It was very, very different. And at this point, it was decided the song would be called Mystery Woman. See where we're going? Yeah. So I continued on uh, doing my shows, doing my gigs, and the record company were still progressing along nicely, but just not at the speed that I wanted. And then all of a sudden, towards the end of 1996, I got a call to say the song had been accepted in the National Song Contest final, the Eurosong final, as it was called at the time. And because I sang the demo which got through, would I be interested in performing the song of the night? So I remember thinking, well, at the very least, it's going to be a high-profile TV show. And I didn't think beyond that. And I was chuffed to be asked, to say the very least. So it was agreed I was going to sing Mystery Woman. So at that time, all seven songs were going to be performed on Kenny Live with the host Pat Kenny so I was really looking forward to that chance and then over a period of seven weeks everybody sang their song all the other six competitors performed their songs now from the very beginning I made a conscious decision that I didn't want to hear any of the other songs because as a songwriter when you hear music if it's catchy it gets into your psyche and you remember it and you can't get it out of your head. And I certainly didn't want to be going around with somebody else's song in my mind. I was doing this song for John Farry and Charlie McGettigan and I wanted to do it to the best of my ability. So that was my plan. We had a press launch in the Westbury Hotel in Dublin, which was fantastic. And we met all of the other contestants. Now, I also remember some of the stipulations involved with submitting songs to Eurovision. Every song had to be 
three minutes or less. You were actually penalised if it was over. So you couldn't have a longer song than three minutes, which meant we couldn't repeat a chorus twice. And I decided to end Mysterious Woman, as it had now become. We had changed from Mystery Woman to Mysterious Woman. The metre was better. And the idea was that I would end on a high note. And that kind of resolved the song and we knew it was over and it was exactly within the three minutes. So everybody was happy. Also, all vocals on the night had to be live. So we had to find three people or four people. We were allowed five people on stage and they had to be selected and figure out the harmony parts and all that kind of thing. So we now had a song called Mysterious Woman. I had performed it with my backing singers and Paul Gurney on piano on Kenny Live. So people had got to hear it. Word was out, but we still had to do the Eurosong final. So tune into our next podcast to find out what happened next. Go with the F-